Hey everyone, welcome back. Uh, we are the podcast wreckers. Matlock is doing his best here to make it. I got this little this little yeah. tuft that won't sit down. I'm That's fine. Sure. We're grooming ourselves. For those of you that are only on audio, um, Matlock's currently making his beard pointy, and that's important. Um, and that's why we've elected to start the episode in this manner. Um, hi, everyone. I'm Adam Aragon. Um, you can also see my pointy-haired co-host, Matlock Sumsteg, over here, uh, and a very special guest today, Jesse Rushing. Uh, Jesse, say hi and tell us why you're cool and interesting uh, there's so many reasons that I'm cool and interesting. I couldn't what possibly. What a narcissist. Your, your, yeah, your humility being <laughs> you there. But hi, <laughs> I'm Jesse. I think I'm going to fit right in on this podcast. Uh, and I'm happy to be here. Uh, I believe I'm here specifically to talk about the fact that I've been practicing solo polyamory for what, like since 2014. And that I'm starting a business around that. Um, just really trying to see if I can make being a slut pay my rent. And uh, without starting an OnlyFans, because that's like uh, Plan B. I mean, it's it's nice of you to try another angle. Like, I mean, we're gonna I assume we'll, there's we'll going to be a Plan C. Yeah. There might be a, a different Plan B in there, and then OnlyFans becomes Plan C. But we'll, plan, yeah. we'll figure that D. out today. <laughs> plan D is seduce Jeff Bezos, but um, so for for the layman, um, for for you, for me. Um, for, for the layman, Jesse, will you explain to us what solely polyamory means? Uh, yeah, assuming that people know what regular polyamory is, which is usually practiced in the formation of a couple, uh, solo polyamory is just when you're polyamorous, but you're not a part of a couple. So as opposed to like a lot of people start out as a monogamous couple that opens up and then they have mm -hmm. some kind of open relationship or uh, are polyamorous. I am just me, and all of my relationships are polyamorous. So um, everybody is aware and consenting um, from the beginning, and that is the intent to continue. So, so for, it, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say for people in a, uh, uh, what would you call that um, when it's multiple people practicing solo polyamory together? Or I guess they aren't together in that situation. They are just seeing each oh, other, like regular it, partners, I guess, right? Right. Uh, so I think I guess... that's up to those people, right? So mm -hmm. the, the main ideas behind solo polyamory are kind of that you're not really with the intent of trying to work up the relationship escalator with an individual. So your practice of polyamory and romantic relationships is not with the idea that like you're trying to eventually move in with someone or you're trying to eventually, you know, escalate your relationship in those not in those traditional escalator uh, type of ways. Um, a lot of times people who are solo poly will also use the um, thing with uh, using, like trying to say that they are their own primary. So if you're thinking of that in terms of hierarchy, uh, which is not as popular, but is a thing that happens and comes up a lot in polyamory, um, you can think of like a solo poly person is somebody who's just kind of already got their own whether it's their own life, their own career, their own commitments, their own whatever yeah. that's going on, that's just not going to intertwine or enmesh their lives with uh, a partner. You're, so you're mainly banging you, but some other people step in. So I like to call that putting it a solo back in solo poly. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> no, the, the idea is basically just that you can date, um, you can have casual and or serious relationships that are you know, any level of involvement, but not with the idea of being on the escalator and not practicing polyamory as a part of an established couple or dyad or triad or quad or something. Can you explain the escalator concept a bit more? Good call. Sure. So yeah, the escalator is uh, what we see in mono-heteronormative culture, right? Where you have a couple who meets and they're going to date until they decide to become sexually exclusive and then at some point they're going to be uh, trying to move in together and then maybe eventually wanting to uh, like intertwine finances, have kids, get married. Like The idea is that you're kind of always progressing up a ladder 
and that you can't really go back down the ladder and that once you pick a person to go up the ladder with, you just kind of have to keep riding the escalator up that uh, path with them. Um, and that is, you know, what used to be very typical and is not really typical for, I think, a lot of people in younger generations. And I think as things like non-monogamy become more common and more popular, like the escalator becomes less effective. Right. So people are recognizing or younger generations are recognizing now that's just not it's it's an outdated right. system. Yeah, it's like that nuclear family model is kind of we're just right. we're questioning that and throwing that away um, in a lot so, of ways, right? Yeah, so do you do you associate that same thing, like the entire concept of family and relationships is is altering for society? Or is this just more of like a movement like of a subset of people? Oh, I think there's a lot of different things going on there, right? Like, I think there is a cultural questioning of monogamy as a cultural norm that is just, like, happening and probably happens in waves like other, you know, cultural norms kind of come and go, right? Um, so I think we're seeing that. I think there's also a... I think it's, a, you know, it's like a bunch of different things, right? There's There's, like political movements that are anti-LGBTQ and anti-trans rights and, and things like that. And non-monogamy kind of fits in with that, even though it's, you know, not quite the same as like an LGBT identity. It's um, kind of a, you know, a subversive way of doing yeah. love and relationships. It's a different lifestyle. Yeah. So, you know, there is, um, I think as the, the pendulum starts to swing in one direction, right, it kind of also swings in the other direction that like things go towards the extremes, right? So we're seeing like more people um, question it. And, and really just, you know, I mean, as people become more comfortable with the idea that things like gender are a construct, I think we are going to start really picking apart other elements of the patriarchy and monogamy fits into that uh, realm for me. When when do we reach the nexus? When does everyone bang everyone? The uh, you mean the uh, we're going you backwards it? from that. That's how we started. I think that's the like the you know the bonobos and the whatever like and then the we, big bang right? Yeah, the big bang. Damn you, society and damn you, society, history, futurism. The yeah. singularity where we all just have one big cuddle puddle together. Yeah, yes. one 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 big old banging. Yeah, um, and so I do. I I, I ask you, yeah. What, what what is your favorite and least favorite things about solo polyamory? Yeah. So um, so specifically with solo polyamory, I think uh, one of the you know it's it's it feels like it's kind of a, a subset right of of a subculture already right. So you know when you the paradox of polyamory is that as you become non monogamous and you start like you know being open to more relationships there's more people available and you start seeing more connections and you start seeing like that love is really like abundant. Right. But then you also start narrowing down your compatibilities. And so the like more, the longer you've been poly, the more you've been practicing, the better your vocabulary is at explaining like what it is that you want and how you want to navigate things. You actually start narrowing down the number of people that you're compatible with, like mm -hmm. to a, what feels like a smaller and smaller number. Um, and so, you know, it's it's that's the paradox is that it's like there are more people, there's more connections, there's more possibility, there's more openness, there's more like fluidity, right? You can have all different kinds of relationships. You can be more like a relationship anarchist and have you know relationships at all different kinds of levels with people, but you also in those like serious i guess commitments right you you narrow down your compatibilities and so you do you have more breakups you have more um heartbreak mm -hmm. more like wow i wish that this would work but it's not a thing right um and like all of that kind of stuff you know so so that's just like because that's just relationships like you just get more of that Right. I, I was going to say it sounds like how you make friends, except for the heartbreak part, because you're not necessarily breaking things off with a friend when right. I know you don't. You it's don't gonna grow apart. Yeah. You mean like, it's like and, are I we mean, friends or not, man? <laughs> <laughs> Is this going to work? I, I need to know if we still I have this label. It's like there's some friends. friends you spend I, more time with and eventually you spend more time yeah. with the and fewer think, friends that you connect of, with the best. So. I think it's, it is actually very similar, right? Because I'm thinking of like with heartbreak with friends, like you might like meet a new friend 
who is mm. really cool and really awesome and you click really well with them, but maybe they mm. have a really busy life and a really busy schedule and they have like, you know, very young but kids or something. they have a better friend. They have a friend they spend all the time with. Like that for some reason. Yeah. That you can't figure out. Right. Matt Locker, are you bringing our personal history into this? Because you're still my you're still my best friend. You're still my best best friend. Sure. Let's move on, shall we? What were you saying, Jesse? Something there. Anyway. I don't know what it is. I just make sense. You 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 know, you still can be friends with them, but you might not get to like hang out with them as much as you want, or you might not get to like have quite the like relationship that you want to have. And so that's like that's that's the kind of thing in poly. It's like there's an openness to be like, okay, well, we can't be we're not gonna be this for each other, but could we be something else? (laughs) And Sometimes that works and sometimes that doesn't. Um, it's hard to be friends with assholes, so you don't have to stay friends with all of your exes. Um, but and I, I'm assuming different people have different attachment, like uh, levels of attachment, even after. Like, do you do you? I'm assuming that you've had experience with people who are new to Bali who have trouble disconnecting or or detaching from somebody if if they set a boundary. Or they say like, "Hey, like yeah. I don't want to see you as often," and they're like, "Oh, but I felt something more," and this you're is, like, yeah, "Yeah, but that's not what this is." Yeah, we and, cross wires, right? Yeah, there's there's definitely you know like times where you have mismatches and expectations, um, mm-hmm. and and something that I think is kind of also unique to solo polyamory is um, you have the situation where it's like, "Yeah, but I'm still gonna choose myself," mm-hmm. and. Um, an example of that would be like you start dating someone and they want to all of a sudden spend like five nights a week with you or something. And it's like, okay, well, that's not going to work. I have, you know, work and whatever. And I just am a person who needs a lot of alone time. So like my social battery burns out and I, I need like my own, like I need to go in my little tidy cave and like hermit and recharge. And so you know, for, for some people that's really difficult for them to understand. It's like, well, but you don't have another partner taking up that time. So it's like, you know, if, if it was, well, I'm seeing, you know, X, Y, Z partner and that's why I'm not going to see you. It's like, well, no, I'm just staying home. I'm not seeing anybody. It's like, well, that's your best best friend is you. Right. right, Exactly. You end up with like, with sometimes that's hard for people to understand. It Mm -hmm. sometimes can be easier for people to accept being like being secondary to another person, but not being secondary to to me, to myself, right? And it's like, yeah, but for some reason they have a real problem in relationships, right? Like, aren't we all supposed to kind of be putting ourselves like our own needs first, right? As opposed Mm -hmm. to the whole like set yourself on fire to keep somebody warm, right? Like if you take care of yourself first, put your oxygen mask on first. Mm-hmm. then you can have things to, you know, be a, you know, provider and like or a partner in the relationship, right? It seems well, like think... the healthiest option is to, I mean, and what most people would say is like, always put yourself first, like, take care of yourself. Don't worry, especially if you're a people pleaser or something, and you're always putting right. other people ahead of you. I, yeah. I've always found one of the most interesting things, um, you know, about polyamory, like you mentioned, is the relationship escalator, is mm-hmm. when you are exercising different forms of polyamory, um, there is a world in which you can go down. You can go down yes. a rung and down de-escalate. a few steps and de-escalate um, and, and maybe go back up, you know, like because uh, partnership is more fluid, uh, because, um, you know, like circumstances change uh that you can you know bring bring the volume up and down on the on any given relationship sometimes i mean that's i think that takes a a lot of right it doesn't it doesn't work all the time and it it takes a very you know kind of careful navigation through those different situations and different circumstances but yeah it does open up possibilities for for de-escalation I was going to say, I, I've obviously, like, I've at some point practiced, you know, a couple of different forms of polyamory just to, like, kind of see where I fit into the into the agenda. And uh, the agenda. Into the conspiracy. Way, we're not trying to convert <laughs> anyone today. <laughs> like, I'm tired. I just, uh, I'm, you I'm and your agenda. This, this yeah. life you've chosen and your agenda. Your agenda. <laughs> um. <laughs> 
this this is um, a secret like deep like red this is some deep state stuff yeah. We, yeah. We, we lure you in by making oh yeah you can, it's a platform <laughs> like, for you like, like, super tell liberal tell us vibes going on here guys just yeah. so you know now it's a crossfire um okay so i have a bad choice of words but I whip um, out a bow tile i'm tucker carlson all of a sudden sorry um but uh, yeah, I, I just think it's interesting to like choose what's right for you, you know, um, when when you want to like, and, and that's like one of the things that I took away from all my experiences is that you can be polyamorous, solo polyamorous, monogamous, so you know, by completely by yourself, um, and like at different points in your life, that might be what works for you. Like you, you know, there, you can you can be fluid, you can change, um, you know. Like on that note. Do you think that solo polyamory is like where you'll remain the rest of your days? Or do you think that, that, you know, you might shift someday? I don't know. I mean, for right now, this has been, I've been, so for me personally, um, I think it might help to make sense that I became non-monogamous or started practicing polyamory after I got divorced. So I was essentially single um, when I you know, decided to, or started learning about and like reading and figuring out like, oh, hey, maybe there's alternate ways than the escalator. Um, and so for me, it's just kind of always been what made sense. Um, I have a fairly intense career um, that takes up a lot of time and energy. Um, I'm child free by choice, but like I have other kind of like intense hobbies and things that I get into. So um yeah i'm not really like i've never really wanted to you know i've done the like married owned a house like been in the like situation like that so like that's not super appealing to me um but you know that being said if i found the right partner where it made sense from a like financial perspective to combine living situations in a way that we could both maintain our autonomy and independence like maybe but like I haven't found that partner so far. <laughs> but it sounds like you're casting you're able to cast a pretty wide net in the polyamory community for like more so than I guess you You're you looking for rich you're looking for rich, stuff. fast and loose. And like well, I just I think the, like none of, I, those No no I'm not you, man. I, 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 no, no. I am. Not yeah, yeah. You guys are looking for I'm confused by no, who's looking no. for what here because none of those things seem like um, what, what I wanted to interject is, so I'm, I've, I was raised as cis male and, you know, have since become non-binary uh, or been non-binary came out. And because um, I felt comfortable when everybody else, when it was like, oh, everybody can do it. Look, all the younger generations are doing it. Like, why don't I do it finally? Because everyone made fun of me for being effeminate. Um, anyways, that's besides the point, but I'm in a straight relationship. I present kind of straight and um uh my current girlfriend uh we she's a day person i'm a night person um mm -hmm. she needs that alone time like you she like when she comes home from work it's like she can't even vent like i can't even ask her how her day was because she'll tell me and it exhausts her even more and she can't yeah. help but vent don't even talk like, right. yeah exactly so <laughs> yeah, it's like, like we learn dealing with people all day like don't <laughs> And throughout our, we've, we've been together, I think almost nine years now. And throughout our relationship, there's been times where it's like, God, like, I don't know, like we need such different things. I don't know if there's a way around it. And we'll, we'll usually find some sort of way that works for both of us. Like not even a compromise, just sort of like, well, if I do it this, my thing this way at this time and you do this way, or you get time alone you can spend and you get the room to yourself you know um until you're ready to socialize and then we can spend some time it's like we found workarounds where even the stuff that was like really like how are we going to get through this like because we're able to communicate better than any relationship i've had prior and i've had bad communicative relationships prior like we've been able to work through it and and i guess yeah it, like you're saying it is it's not a matter of like how long you're going to be polyamorous or anything it's just a matter of like finding somebody who is able to not only like fit a lot of those those gaps that yeah. you need somebody to fit but is also willing or like just naturally already fits you know yeah. but also one, one or more to... people who are compatible and exactly. uh, communicate and communicative right yeah 
And and I think people people sometimes fall into the trap of assuming that, you know, people are like like there's like I think a like a puzzle analogy, right? It's like you're trying to find different pieces and like different pieces different people Just... will fit different needs, right? And right. it's like mm-hmm. I, I I tend to, to like advise people, especially people who are new to polyamory or who are not familiar with it, to avoid the idea that you're gonna like that that the goal or that 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 people are trying to kind of like fill different slots. Complete right? me. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, well, you know, I'm into I'm into running and like nerd shit. So I need a running partner who's really outdoorsy and fit and you know, fitness, right. whatever, and a and a nerdy partner who plays, you know, really long board games. Like, no, it's not that's mm-hmm. not really the like having people try to just fill gaps in your life is a very weird kind of, you know, it's I not, agree. And I was I don't think you, I was trying to present can, that. I just meant like somebody no, I, who like you get along with like a good best friend, you know. Yeah, like, and I think right I away. think that's that's kind of where I'm going with this is like you can end up kind of in this like almost feeling like an employer where you're like, Okay, I have these part time available roles and I'm gonna go right. on this job this field or you know whatever dating app who's on the and, schedule like, this week yeah, they, funnel, the interviews are fun interview yeah. right <laughs> funnel and interview for these roles in my life right and it's like that that's a that's i i feel like i've done that like don't do that it's bad like don't that's one of the mistakes you make when you start doing right. this you're like i'm gonna just find all the people today right and you're gonna like fill all these roles but the way it actually works in real life is a lot more like friends right you click with different people because you have different things in common with them. So right. you're, you go to a thing and then you meet this person and you click with them on this. And now you start a relationship that looks like X, Y, Z because of their availability. And, and really relationships, especially romantic ones are based on, and, and sexual ones are based on availability and compatibility. Right? So mm-hmm. if you're hot for each other, if you're both, like within the same available proximity, if you, you know, have the same, like whatever communication, you can like communicate well enough to be like, yeah, let's like hang out and do the things, right? Like actual relationships are about availability and, and, and compatibility. So like, it does just kind of end up being like with friends where it's like you click with different people, you have different levels of intensity in each of those relationships. And then, you know, some of those relationships are like, romantic or sexual or you know they are they are life building you're you're planning futures together you're you know coordinating um events calendars schedules you know life stuff like how you're going to do holidays with all your families and you know all the other members of the polycule right like (laughs) matlock and i uh, try to uh, occasionally plan each other's funerals so Oh, every day I'm planning yours. It's different <laughs> yeah, every day. It's starting to get weird, by the way. I get I get new ideas, <laughs> and they just yeah, they get weirder and weirder. Um, so All right, you're t- dressed as t- a lobster, right? <laughs> me or you, both of us. Um, Everyone. So Jesse, uh, hypothetically, so take me through. Say, say I'm brand new. I'm a baby to the poly community, right? I, I don't even know where to start. Right, a, fr- so, a fresh-faced, horny uh, young man. A young so, lead person. me through, like, from your experience, what you've witnessed. Like, like, first of all, do I reach out? Do is there some place I go? Do I just do a Google search and look for online communities yeah. and then find an event, or what? Where do I start? So, so and then, the, how do I acclimate? Yeah. So, the first thing that I suggest everybody starts with is vocabulary. Right? You need to like kind of learn what the words are that you're going like to encounter. Right. Whether that's on the dating sites, whether that's in the events at the meetups, like the first thing I would tell anybody kind of thinking about venturing it into into it is to start by reading. And you can do this online. You can find um, different poly resources. My new website, justpolythings.com, is going to be uh, a resource where you splash can... Splash that on the screen. Uh, edit that out. Edit that out. No. That, drop a link here somewhere on the... There's a, nice segue. Yeah, okay, <laughs> edit that out. Edit that out. Start that over. Tell me about... To start, your, your website, <laughs> just is it Just Poly Things? So my website com. is justpolythings.com. And yes, I actually just dropped a uh, post about vocabulary with a bunch of different links to poly vocabulary resources so that you can um, find out like all different kinds of like poly words and so that's where I would really kind of suggest people start there's also tons of books now out there so 
Um, there are books, there's podcasts, there's blogs, there's sites, there's, you know, there's all different kinds of like resources that I would say are very educational that can kind of introduce you to all of the lingo, maybe some of the things that are common assumptions that monogamous people make that are maybe problematic, um, some of those kinds of things, um, so that you can be introduced to those and familiar with those ideas and those concepts before you show up at an event acting like a unicorn hunter with an OPP and not knowing what those <laughs> words mean. And this is why, right? This is why, and like, those are actual words in the community and like people who don't know what I'm talking about should know what I'm talking about before they go to a poly <laughs> right. event. Yeah, yeah. Now, do, now, a little, do a little Googling or you're going to step little, in some yeah, shit. Do, do a little Google before you, before you decide that you want to venture down this path. Yeah. This is probably an obvious... Um, and and you don't necessarily i mean i could ask this of any community basically but say i've i've done some googling but i i you know i'm still new like how how would you want somebody to ask a question if they if they're just just and obviously they're they're trying you know they, but yeah. they just they're blanking on what to do in a scenario yeah so authentically like and mm -hmm. and really this is you know this is like any exploring any space that you're not familiar with and like you know especially I'm, i realize as i'm saying this i'm talking to the the cis white guys in the room um <laughs> but when you're in a space that you're not like when you're exploring a space that you're maybe like not used to, you know, being the minority in or you're not used to like you're not comfortable with that idea and you're like not used to that. Just listen, just be authentic, um, ask sincerely and honestly, you know, when you approach something with the attitude of, look, I don't want to be offensive. I really am just trying to learn what does this mean or how does this work? Most people are going to like, you know, kind of be like, okay, I'm going to, you know, even if you phrased that really poorly, let me explain yeah. why, why that was really poorly. If hey, I shithead. Why would I say? What I say? Like, okay, I'm going to help you. I'm going to, oh, oh, you poor thing. Yeah. You don't know what uh, that means. Yeah. Let me. Well, yeah. I, I think communication skills are super yeah. important. And like, some people have asked me in the past, like, well, isn't polyamory like, super hard like how do you like get good at it it's and not... i'm like do you realize like how many people in monogamous how do you win polyamory yeah i know yeah but how many people in monogamous relationships are good at it like i think yeah. like a lot of them are not marriages so as a person who was actually quite successful at monogamy mm -hmm. um something that's that's a fun fact is when when people are in a monogamous relationship and this this i think you see this really especially with people and i was this case where they enter a monogamous relationship very very young and then that monogamous relationship lasts a very long time and so they kind of just walk around the world thinking like i'm so good at relationships like i have figured yeah. out my communication shit and i know what i'm doing and i'm like i've figured this out and i'm good at this and really they've only got that one relationship's worth of experience yeah. Yeah. So, 15 years deep into one narrow topic and so, yeah well on one hand they do they do have when you are with somebody for a decade or more you mm -hmm. gain an understanding of what it is like to integrate your life with somebody to live with somebody to work through like all those things that you were talking about matlock a little while ago mm -hmm. with your partner right like all mm -hmm. of those things you've done that because you've been in that that relationship for that long so it's right. like yes on one hand you do have all of that kind of experience right but with all of one person right <laughs> oh yeah and everyone's temperament is different everyone has a different background it's i was so lucky like to find somebody where we were able right. to it's like you because like you were compatible and they were available yeah. and, and i understand it's not just like do do right? what we do just talk to each other it's like some people right. can't talk was... or don't have the tools but um, also I, it's, I, yeah it's just it's it's so much more i think to that mm -hmm. and so you really you really do learn that I think when you do more relationships that people like, there's no such thing as being good relationship, good at relationships. There are people who are emotionally intelligent and have mm -hmm. like, you know, empathy and compassion and, right. um, and there's right, like social skills. And, and what and are those yeah, things? And then there's, like, <laughs> there's the people on this call. Then there's yeah. the rest. <laughs> which ones are hot. That's all I need to know. Um, <laughs> 
Um, so Matlock, I, I actually was going to turn it to you for a sec. Um, and if you want me, like, I, I don't want to like pry into your life on a podcast. Then like, stop. You want me to... okay. Stop it. So don't care. Anyway, um, if you want me to cut this, I will. Um, but I was going to bring up. Um, if I that... want you to cut it, then I really want you to keep it in. Actually, <laughs> okay. yeah. No matter how much um, I protest. If you're seeing this, yeah. some even worse shit. Just I don't want it in. It's uh, gold. The reason I, I bring it, the reason I bring it up is that, like you said, you, you yourself are, you know, um, identify as non-binary, and you know, you, you obviously like are, are a little more fluid than um, the average whoever uh, heteronormative Joe. Um, so with I this know, lifestyle like, I've chosen, <laughs> so with, the, with your agenda. Um, no. <laughs> No, um, but I've, I've heard you talk in the past about um, the, the concept of like sharing your partner of mm-hmm. like whether or not you would do swinging or polyamory or, or just, you know, like, you know, have sex outside of your relationship. Mm-hmm. And it seemed to me that like that's something that you've always been like very like not like going for it, but you're like, yeah, you know, I'd, I'd try it, you know, well, sure. You know, <laughs> I was, with, uh, is, I was what's your with... stance? What's your stance? I mean, I think I was with a different partner when I considered that. And that was, I was much younger when I was considering that only because it was like, well, we'd never done anything with like my first partner of 14 years, we were virgins when we got together and then we were together for 14 years. So it was like, Hey, we haven't had sex with anybody else. Like if you want, (laughs) I was like, you want, (laughs) it doesn't even have to be with me in the room. Like, I don't want to deprive you of life experience by saying you can never have another penis inside you because mine was first. There's other rides at the carnival. Exactly. You don't always have to be. You can fight someone in if something happens. I was always open to that prospect as a matter of like, I just don't want to put limitations on like our human experience. Right. Um, And then, you know, my current partner, I mean, we're just, we're, we're like, we're neither of us have that drive. Like we're just both comfortable. Like it's, it's just like, ah, (laughs) <laughs> I'm fine. Oh, <laughs> like, nice. Not looking this outside. Nice. Like, why would yeah. I want? Why would I want all that complication of another person that I have to worry about how they would react to me? Like this person, I I know how to predict. They know how to predict me. I know how to predict them. We know how to handle ourselves and each other, and be happy and keep each other safe and warm and comfortable. Like, like why would you want to invite some chaos into the mix? Like, yeah. Like I guess I, if it ain't yeah, broke, I, I, don't I, fix it. So I, I don't mean to imply anything. I guess like I, I actually find it admirable that you're just uh, open-minded. You know, like that well, you that was, are... so that that um, on that and kind of to tie it in. When we first got together, me and my current partner, um, she was planning when we started dating already, planning on going to Thailand for six months to a year to teach English, and she was like, "So I'm going to be away." You know, Are you sure that's why, or was that just like the ultimate brush off? And as you didn't soon as get we it? started dating, she was looking for tickets <laughs> to Thailand. No, she, <laughs> she was like, so that's going to be a thing. I don't know if I'm ready for a long-term relationship. And I was like, well, this is, I recognize this as being very good, you know, for me at least, like, and I'm not going to do anything to try and fuck this up, you know? So I was like, I'll wait. And she was like, really? And I was like, yeah, I'll wait. And I was like, and honestly, like, since you weren't planning on being in a relationship when you went, you know, if you meet someone there, something strikes you as, as hot or like a one once in a lifetime experience, you know, like take yeah, it. You want, you want and, to have adventures. Yeah. You want to have adventures. I don't want to stand in your way. Like you've only known me for a couple months now and you're leaving. So I'm not going to put any restrictions on you. And then plus, if you meet somebody that you connect with more than me, like I'll be I'll, I won't be happy about it. Like I won't be jumping <laughs> I'll for burn joy down for your you, house, but, but I'll, I'm not going to stop. Celebrate you. I was like, but I'm not going to stop being your friend. I'm not going to treat you yeah. like shit. Like I'm not going to be toxic towards you. Like if you find something better than this, like please be happy. Like you know. Um, but I was like, this is worth waiting for for me. And she was like, I don't know anybody who would say any of those things. And she went, and six months we just you know long uh long distance relationship it on over skype back in those days it was skype and then now <laughs> for the millennials out there the zennials um uh, they're like what is skype yeah it's exactly. like it's like when you tick tock to each other but longer i think they call that snapping i think they snap ah. 
Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't speak young. <laughs> I, I do. <laughs> Try. Uh, that's because that's that's you get to date whoever you want. <laughs> I, that's also true. I just want to add up with the Lego. Yeah. I, I just want to add uh, for the end of that story is like I think that that choice to like not only I think it was good to like have that separation for six months, so we had to get to know each other as people without just the sex even yeah, coming into for, it. Being forced to take a step back is right. somewhat, is an in, interesting concept. And I was co- I was fighting codependency. There was a lot of stuff that I was like trying not to just like, oh, I want this thing, whoa, more of this relationship. <laughs> I was trying not to like overwhelm her. And I was like, this is good for mm-hmm. me because it'll make me hold back. And, it, and we get to know each other better so she can learn to trust me more before, you know, she commits. And then um, I think that trust of going like, hey, if you find something that's better for you, you know, by all means, take it. Like, neither of us have had, like, she didn't have any urges <laughs> while she was there. She was like, and plus she heard about all the diseases that people carry, or tourists carry <laughs> yeah. around in plus Thailand. Thailand like, but yeah, maybe yeah. I won't be sleeping around with all the hot guys I go hiking with. But um, yeah, so she, and <laughs> since then it's been like, we, we don't really, I, I never had the urge. My last relationship had the urge many times to try and escape it by cheating or being with somebody else because I wasn't happy. And I, I figured I've been with this person so long, you know, I can't just leave them. So it felt like a life or death thing where you're either in it forever, you know, anyways, I won't go into all that. Yeah, no, I, I think of it like, I, and not to be like super cliche, but that like, if you love something, let it go mm-hmm. type thing, you know, which I think is, it's, um, it's a good feeling. Like if someone's like so invested, like, and like, I want you to be happy, even if ma- me, it, 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 making you happy, isn't me, you know? Like, right. Yeah. <clears throat> I so, think that's uh... And it worked. <laughs> yeah. It worked. <laughs> what a con. Locked Nine it years. down. She fell for it for a decade. <laughs> wow. Blowjobs every day. No, I'm kidding. Why that would be a thing. <laughs> I mean, it's part of the deal. Um, yeah. <laughs> You're so giving. I can't believe you said that <laughs> 10 years ago. <laughs> oh, wow. Anyway, I, I had uh, to totally tear down every like, yeah, sweet yeah. thing that I'd said about it. That's fine. That's why, yeah, I, was try, I was trying to put you on a pedestal and you just knocked that right out from under yourself. That's so what I'm good, good at. That's yep. what I'm good at. You set me up, I'll knock myself down. Yeah. Um, so aside from being the greatest human being that's ever lived, um, <laughs> by the way, did I tell you I rescued 16 kittens this morning, <laughs> this morning, yeah, this morning, <laughs> not, and that's not even counting all the dolphins. Yeah. Um, he, he did put them in danger, but <laughs> now, the dolphins were raping the kittens. That is true. But... Wow. Okay. So it was not consensual. To... I let's checked go back with every to Jesse, kitten. Actually. None of them let's, let's go back to Jesse. And Am say, I still here? Am I still um, in this yeah. room? Sorry, um, Sorry Jesse. Tell me, tell me some more about your website, what the motivation behind it is, uh, what, like, yeah. what you hope to achieve. Uh, eventually paying my rent. That's um, one of my you know ultimate goals. No, cut that part out. Um, just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's in. I and mean, no, truth. I mean, like we all live under capitalism, so that is the uh, unfortunate um, one of the unfortunate realities. No, so the the goal really with the site is um, that there's a lot more polyamorous resources available than there used to be, and there's this like growing number of authors, coaches, therapists, content creators, like all different kinds of people in the like online space and sphere. Um, There's more events, there's more people discovering non-monogamy all the time. And so there isn't right now kind of like a central hub for all of that information that's happening. Um, There's like kind of, you know, this blogger, that podcast, this, you know, person I follow on Instagram or TikTok. Mm -hmm. But there's not really like one kind of centralized location for kind of all of the non-monogamous resources mm-hmm. um, and not just like all of the, the different like books and tools, but also like I wanted to curate things that are of interest to the community. So um, one of the very first things I started with on the site is a guide to condoms. Um, when you become non-monogamous, condoms are suddenly a thing you talk about that apparently monogamous <laughs> they, people are they not talking more. about condoms enough. When I yeah. 
when I got out of my my marriage and I started like dating and I like got on OkCupid circa 2014, 2015, I was very surprised at how few conversations about condoms were happening. Let me just say that um, when I went out into the dating world and was like, wait a minute, people. Anywho, when you become non-monogamous, condoms are usually one of the first conversations you have with if you're, especially if you're in a monogamous relationship that's opening up or like me as a solo poly person, condoms are a conversation I'm having with all of my partners, both about who I'm using them with, where I'm using them, where I'm not using them. Um, and barriers are just this kind of important thing that happens all the time. Even if you're in a, what some people call a fluid bonded situation where you um, don't have, like you, you're not using, using barriers, sometimes like birth control changes or somebody has an STI exposure. Um, some of these other things will happen where you all of a sudden have to go back to using barriers again. And so because condoms are a conversation you're having and they're coming up all the time, I wanted to write some guides to make it easier for people to shop for condoms. So we have everything from a all different kinds of condoms guide to ultra thin textured condoms, uh, snug fit, large fit, variety packs, all different kinds of things um, so that people can find the condoms that they're going to need if they want to enjoy non-monogamy. So th this is going to sound a little weird, but what is a condom? <laughs> what is this prophylactic of which you speak? I don't. I was get like, it. well, <laughs> you should, you should. I have so much information about condoms yeah. that I've learned, not just I'm like bursting with information about condoms. But in order to write <laughs> this content so. for the site, I'm doing so much research now about things like condoms. I'm like, well, since the 1500s, um, and I was about to like launch into a like yeah. thing about the condoms, first condom but... made from what was can you tell us what the first condom it's was made from so condoms, it, condoms used to be made from intestines that's what mm. um that's what yummy like, and they yeah. still can if you play your cards right flavored they There's... were flavored even back then no oh, that's so unpleasant um but anyway yeah, no, haggis so like, flavored point being humans have been non-monogamous for a long time and yeah. um yeah so but anyway yeah before the, the marriage point was probably even a thing right so so yeah so the site is basically supplying polyamorous people with all different kinds of resources things that they need um whether that is gift guides for partners and metas um which is something we've been doing a lot of for the holidays so doing things like gifts that are gender neutral for uh, partners um, or metas with anybody, gifts that are for your polycules bartender, for people who are your, your non-monogamous coffee. Um, we've got silly gifts for fun, like just all different kinds of things um, on the site and on the Instagram and as of today on Facebook. Sounds awesome. It's kind yeah. of like a, a, a museum and depository of information and uh, and related products of, yeah. of poly. Right now it's just and, kind of me gathering a lot of poly things into one place, but that yeah. is the name, just poly things, right? So mm -hmm. the idea is that eventually we get all of the, the things that are just poly things all together in one, one nice little place where you can just one-stop shop for like, I want to just know about poly things today. I, I, I'm rooting for you to become like the face of poly and to be like the most poly. And That's, like... There's so many other content creators that are already <laughs> doing that. And I want to partner with them and promote their content because... When you say partner. Um... Right? <laughs> so partner just, with them and promote their content. <laughs> Partner the shit out of them. And, and what's what's oh. your angle with this whole website? How are you? How are you? How are you planning to make the money off of it? That's what I'm wondering. Like, what? Right. what do you yeah. get, how do you get your? So, yeah. So it is. It is. No, that's what that, that's what I said. Like, right? It's like paying the rent, right? It's like so. Mm -hmm. um, it is. It is because it is a affiliate marketing site. So right now, what we're doing is we're using an affiliate marketing model. Um, we've partnered with Amazon to start uh, mm -hmm. because they are the easiest to get set up with. Um, but we so are you spoke with Jeff Bezos, like to, you're, you're, you're like that's, this. They right? actually, there's just like a form you fill out on Amazon's website. It's very simple. You do not right to Jeff. have and, to And you get to fly Jeff. on the rocket ship afterwards, right? You get to fly with them. Um, the I have to, I have to hit certain sales goals before I get okay. to, to fly on the, the Amazon jet. So if y'all can just go to the site and click on the links and buy the shit already, I'm just, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
No, but is anyway, it just a, is it just a throw money at you button? Because the, the idea, though, really, in in all actual honesty, is that it is an Amazon affiliate link site, um, so that I can get established, and then eventually I want to partner directly with poly brands and poly content creators, and especially people who are creating poly merch, like stickers, buttons, t-shirts, that kind of stuff. Um, those poly designers are not all set up with affiliate programs yet. So as that kind of like market matures, like we're gonna, I'm trying to do Amazon to kind of build up the following and build up all of the like, collect all of the hub resources together. Um, while like people like Polyam Fam and some others um, get on their affiliate programs so that we could partner with them and then be promoting their products directly. Is, it, is there a group called Polyam Fam, or are you just? I am shouting out somebody that I follow on Instagram that makes button oh, nice. stickers and cool shit that I would love to promote on my site, but they don't have an affiliate program yet. I'll, I'll throw I'll throw up that Instagram uh, link cool. if I can find it. Yeah, and there's uh, that, not just them, like, but there's a bunch. But there's people like that who are independent poly creators. That's who we eventually really want to be partnered with, but. Uh, we have to get there first. So Amazon is the one that was like, we will partner with anybody because you just fill out a form. <laughs> We're corporate whores. Hop in. That's yeah. that's basically why Amazon is first. Yes, is because. Yeah. No, I, I, that, that's fine. Whores are like, always first. But we yeah. have to, this is how we dismantle it from the inside or something. I don't know. Really, I have ideas about how we take apart Amazon and make it work for everybody that are very anti-capitalist. So just, shh, I can't talk about those while I'm also an affiliate partner. Yeah, we have a, a podcast under a different name. And That's, then... This is why I don't want to be the, the face of the voice of <laughs> I might be. Because I might be on a list. <laughs> no, you know, as I'm saying that, I'm like, no, the, the voices of polyamory are very, like, anti-capitalist, anti-colonial, anti, right, anti, anti-structure, yeah, yeah anti-establishment, anarchist. And, anyway. and that's all we'll, and that's all we'll say about that and we'll leave that on that note <laughs> anti-m they're there's really no anti-m there's definitely I don't know. no agenda <laughs> Great. i was just wondering about other I, things i was just um while you were speaking uh you know i obviously didn't do my google research uh before this podcast so there were a few words that i'm not sure if you may i mean maybe i just yeah. missed it but like uh you, you said partner and meta so what okay. uh uh, if there's there's maybe a couple of terms that you may have used throughout the podcast mm -hmm. sure. that that people who don't have Google at their fingertips maybe they've got headphones on and they're you know working with <laughs> no, heavy no machinery figures. they can't you know they don't have the uh, Google Glass they can't just ask Cortana um, yeah. uh, so uh, would you would you tell me uh, some of the definitions of these like what what are maybe like some of the names of the different types of partners that you would have for example. Yeah, so so usually, it, I mean, not everybody, everybody, you know, picks different things, but partner is a pretty typical uh, word in, in polyamory. Um, you also have your metas or your metamores, which is actually your partner's partner. So if I'm dating someone okay. and they're dating someone else, that person that they're dating, if I'm not involved with that person, that person would be my metamore. Okay. Um, if you break up, this is this is just my own lingo, but if you break up with that person and you want to stay metas with the person that you connected with as a meta, but you don't want to have that hinge anymore, you can then become meta no mores, which is a new one that <laughs> me and somebody just very recently hey, it's... came up with. It's canon it, right? because you it, are the face of polyamory now. Isn't that just friends at that point? We are meta no mores. Mm -hmm. That is our that is our label that's fine. right now. That's fine. That is yeah, our but, label but it, right now. It, yeah, I guess. Yeah, you're right, Adam. It would be like, yeah, you're just friends again. But then it's yeah. like there's still that like. But I, there's like, there's a more intimate connection still, yeah. than right because you yeah. you dated you the same person and especially right. if you dated the same person at the same time. You might you, know you, what you, their poop smells like. Yeah, you you have unique things in common. Yeah. So. Yeah. Especially in, and I practice something, so here's more vocabulary for you. I practice something called kitchen table polyamory, um, which is the idea that everybody kind of knows everybody, everybody might hang out. The phrase comes from the idea that you might all have breakfast around the same kitchen table, um, even though you're not all necessarily uh, romantically or sexually involved with each other. Um, no. And so in that case, like, for example, that meta, we're not romantically um involved so we um you know 
that was but that kitchen table idea is that like yeah. we would still all hang it, out it's or... like everyone in the polycule is all socially interactive yeah mm -hmm. yeah so in in your opinion i'm sure everybody's different and and maybe i'm just going to ask what you would uh what would you picture as a perfect polyamorous um unit like like say like like in my head right like so in my head i just pictured like well what if you had a commune everyone on that commune is in a, a shared like yeah. one or more of them are the all meadows or partners to each other right yeah so you've yeah. got your own garden you've got goats how does yeah. how does your hippie my own, have goats? okay so my version my actual version of this is that mm -hmm. i find enough partners who are financially stable enough that we all decide to go in on an apartment complex together Something small, something in the like five to ten unit range. Mm -hmm. um, we then inhabit each individually our own units and then rent out the remaining units. Um, and this is this is my my own personal version of this is like you go in on an apartment complex and then you now you have like you have some communal, you know, shared space. You set up like a corporation that you can all get health insurance from, shit like mm. that, right? Because it's gonna it's gonna like run the the apartment complex and pay all the expenses for the, and then you're just like you also like, you know, have tenants for the additional units. Um, now, do you have alternate ways of paying your rent? Um, I'm sorry. That's <laughs> <sighs> Right. I get I get it though. It's like a pyramid scheme and then you start renting them out and that's your agenda. You start converting yeah. people to polyamory so that and, they buy these apartments at twice the original price. And, and then and then the big pivot complexes all over the world. No, that's, yeah. so that's there's not... uh, there's polyamorous skin lotions that you start having them sell door to door Sh and they buy check them. Us out, check us out at polypimp.edu. <laughs> like it's uh but, but yeah, that's my own personal like commune version, right? It's just mm -hmm. I, me and a bunch it's of people going in, a, and in an apartment complex. Um, mm -hmm. Lots of people want to do the like, let's all get a giant ass house and a bunch of land somewhere and, you know, raise a bunch of kids. Like, sure, if you want to, if you want to do that. It takes that, a village. That, um, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know that. That personally doesn't seem for me because I mm -hmm. too value my independence. I think a little bit too much to enjoy the idea of well, you being just live like in the barn. A... You just live in the side of the just out the just not... out the fuck barn. <laughs> yeah, that's not that's not that's not working for me. Um, so so yeah, I mean, but but really, I mean, I think it. You know, everybody's poly configuration is different. There are people. Right. Most poly relationships are dyads, which is just two people. Mm -hmm. um, but there's, you know, triads or throuples, there's quads, um, there's any number of, like, different configurations that you can have. So whatever people there, want to do. Are there any types of relationships that get confused for polyamory or any kind of, what would you say are some common uh, misnomers or misconceptions people have about it that maybe tick you so, off or personal. My favorite one, and this is such a hotly debated topic, is whether or not polyamory is an orientation. Are you born polyamorous or do you practice polyamory? Mm -hmm. um, that is a like very heated and debated topic, um, and I get into arguments in the community about this one all the time. My own personal opinion of this one is that um, polyamory is not an innate trait, as in it's not something that you are born. Um, and the reason I believe that, I have a whole number of reasons I can, I can go into it, but um, primarily it has to do with the idea that you don't decide whether you're going to be polyamorous or monogamous until you are an adult entering romantic relationships. So you choose to be one or the other um, and innate traits the kinds of traits like things that you are born with like your religion your um, race your um, you know gender identity your like all of these other different kinds of things that are like protected legally um, those are not things that you can choose like you do not choose whether or not you're born with a disability and if you're born with a disability you don't you don't get to like choose not to have it anymore um, whereas polyamory as a marginalized identity is one that you can choose to stop having. Um, you can just decide not to be polyamorous anymore and now you're no longer that marginalized identity. So it is not an innate 
um, trait in the same way as like being queer or something like that is. Um, and that's right. my opinion. Now that doesn't mean it's not an identity, right? Because that's where <laughs> people get hung up on this. Um, and you can you can still identify as because I believe that people there there is still a spectrum, right? Some people are more monogamous and some people are more promiscuous is the word that we need to be using instead of polyamorous on the other side of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. But because if we're just going to be, I don't know, I'm a vocabulary nerd, but like the, the reason for this is because the having attraction to multiple people, like people poly bomb people in monogamous relationships. And what's, what happens here is like, you'll be in a monogamous relationship going along and then all of a sudden somebody develops feelings for somebody else. And now they have to come out to their monogamous partner as polyamorous and they poly bomb their monogamous partner and say, well, you have to accept me for who I am. That is fucking bullshit. That is cheating, <laughs> and that is using polyamory as an excuse. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is because anybody in my in my my own theories on this, and I have you know no degrees or anything to back this up. This is just life experience talking. But anybody who has or is capable of experiencing romantic or sexual attraction is going to be capable of experiencing that for multiple people at the same time. Now, maybe that's never happened to them, but the practice of monogamy or, or polyamory or any other type of relationship is based on whether or not you agreed to monogamy or whatever. So right. there is no like, line. Yeah. Exactly. There is no like line of like, Oh, well now I'm, I've, you know, I've done this. Like, so, um, that that having feelings for somebody else that doesn't make you special that doesn't make you unique and that doesn't make you polyamorous being mm -hmm. in a polyamorous relationship is what makes you polyamorous because you right. chose that with your consenting partners right not so, your monogamous partner who's like what the fuck <laughs> what, what if it's a and I, i'm just bold, shooting in the wind here but like what if like you discover like that about yourself in the midst of a monogamous relationship then that you have discuss to discuss it with your partner and say hey i'm having yeah. the then, thought that then, i might want that but you don't pursue yeah, it first and, and then and present no, it. here's the thing so Ethically. feelings are feelings and they are not facts mm -hmm. and when we get feelings for particularly romantic feelings right um we we are told by society that we need to do something like those feelings are urgent and we have to do something and we have to like you know we may like never have this opportunity again to feel like this ever again and that's usually those feelings are lying to you right like mm -hmm. what you actually want to look at if you're in that situation if you're monogamous in a monogamous relationship and you've suddenly developed feelings for somebody else Look at your situation. How monogamous is your relationship? How monogamous is your partner? How monogamous are you? If you're not being honest about your feelings and your desires, then that's a problem. But that has nothing to do with polyamory or non-monogamy. That has to do mm. with honesty. Right. And um, the other thing that you know I think is is important to point out is plenty of monogamous people develop feelings and go oh those are feelings okay cool but over here i have all this other stuff that is based on availability and compatibility and whatever i don't think i want to act on these feelings mm -hmm. i'm just going to shut that shit down right and that's a valid response too right to mm -hmm. choose to say okay i don't want to encourage this because mm -hmm. i like this other thing that i have over here right and there's there's people who choose that you can choose to do that you can choose to set boundaries you can say okay like you know if you have feelings for a coworker, you can get transferred to a different department or you know, like there's right. there's a or billion or, or, or things, right? whatever, whatever the yeah. situation right or murder them. <laughs> whatever, whatever the sense. situation calls for 
But the point <laughs> is, everybody has choices and everybody makes choices. And just because you're in a monogamous relationship, that does not preclude your partner falling for somebody else. That is still right. possible. That's going to happen. That's possible to happen. Especially because the way love works for humans is more like the way love works for our friends or like the way it works for like parents with children. When you have a second child, you don't love your first one less. Like unless your second child is way better and right. your first one was shitty or something. You know? yeah, but like, there's a clear the first one's always a mistake and you break up with your first partner like that's just a breakup though. <laughs> you know it just it happens it does right. maybe maybe your first kid was that guy who did a keg stand at five beta kappa and the second kid is from a phd and doctorate. you just you learned yeah. you learned what you what you valued in relationships between them i don't know yeah. that's not i'm just trying to, i'm just trying to decide how to not, rank children this doesn't really work this, this is this is not <laughs> Just, an analogy I just is breaking want to down. know how to reduce people to numbers and uh, and remove their humanity. That's, I had uh, one, one, last, one last question before we wrap up. Um, sure. But uh, do you, so do you find, um, I don't know, maybe this is related to what we were talking about, but do you, do you encounter a lot of uh, uh, like monogamous couples that have uh, both decided to open up their relationship to polyamory? Like, do, do you find them... I mean, is like, that a like, common? Like, is she is she the guru that people go to? Where it's like, like, I mean, I I don't know if you have any experience or have talked to people who have been in that where they've been like, yeah, I presented to my partner, they said they were open to it, or they had the similar feelings, and or it was something yeah. we were always kind of talked about. I definitely, um, I know both in in my own like I would say poly community or sphere. Um, I know both couples that have like opened like together where they're like mm -hmm. they decided okay we're gonna open and now that's what we do. Mm -hmm. um, versus ones that like either were already polyamorous or you know got together or formed through other configurations where kind of everybody was already poly. Mm. Um, yeah, there's, you know, there's, there's every possible like configuration and constellation is out there in, in the community. Um, mm -hmm. And really, you know, when you think about non-monogamy as a wider umbrella, when you take into account things like kink communities, things like um, swingers, um, you know, people who like couples who hire sex workers, like there's all different kinds of non-monogamy that are yeah. valid and consensual and happening. And like, I, I would love to say yeah. we should all normalize. But, mm -hmm. um, well, I, I, I think like uh, my take on that was that everyone kind of has their own brand, right? Like I, yeah. I, I, you, almost, you almost never meet anyone who does poly exactly like someone else, right. you know, yes. which is, which is right. That point I was making earlier, right. About how, like, as your, your understanding of the abundance and the availability of connection grows, you're also like your compatibility with individuals shrinks, right. Cause you, you mm -hmm. narrow down like what you're looking for and what they're looking for and you right. know, what level of how, how open are they or how, you know, what boundaries do they import in, um, you know, have another thing going back to like uh, language real quick is something called veto where like couples can or cannot have vetoes. So like if a couple is dating and somebody outside of that relationship of one of the members of the primary couple in that case doesn't like that other person, they can say you can't date them and veto them and they have to end mm -hmm. that relationship. Like mm -hmm. situations like that, um, you know, there's, there's all different kinds of levels of right. um, the ways that people want to engage in, in non-monogamous To begin with, the community has a set of, it's got a language and a set of ground rules that everybody Trying. can kind I mean, of work every... with or they're developed over time. <laughs> right? Like words are hard. So you encounter people who use words wrong or mm -hmm. mean things to different people, right? Things mean different things to different people. But I, I, I think, yeah, there is, there is, we attempt to have a shared vocabulary of, you know, kind of how relationships work, how these dynamics work. Um, and you know, and that's what, that's what I would, that's why I say like to people who are looking to like find out more, or, like thinking about getting involved or like thinking about trying this, like read, like go online, read books, read, you know, read the, what are you doing? Listen listening to the to podcast. This podcast. What are you going to learn? From <laughs> no, I mean, like, listen, oh, to, listen to podcasts, listen Glue to, to your right. There's, there's all different kinds of ways to like get 
information about what that vocabulary is. Yeah, like maybe there's a website they could visit and you could give them the name of that website <laughs> yeah, right so now. One more time, they could go to justpolythings.com. Oh, hey. At shop just polythings on Instagram. <laughs> and they can learn more about polyamory and maybe even shop for some poly things. Hey, <laughs> I want some poly things. Awesome. Well, um, yeah, we, we've actually come around to about the top of the hour, so I think we can uh, effectively wrap up here. It's but time I, for the weather. Yes. And with that, Jesse, what's the weather today? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, it's the darkness in LA. I really, uh, I, if I had like been able to bust that out, I wanted to be like, well, in Los Angeles, the low tonight will be 59 degrees. <laughs> but always have it ready. Always yeah. just always, never know what's going to happen. What it's like one of the weather? main oh, topics that people talk about is the weather. <laughs> the one time you needed that app on your phone. Yeah. Um, if, you're, if you're good at small talk, always have the weather in your back pocket. <laughs> Um, well, and actually, that's, that, that's funny because people have actually asked me, like, I work remotely and I'm like an introvert a lot. And like, I've had people like in my job and like remotely on Zoom or something be like, oh, how the, how's the weather been? And I literally go, oh, shit. I, uh... <laughs> oh, that's right. Outside exists. <laughs> yeah, I, I have, it's air conditioned and it's 72 have degrees. You, when was the last time you were outside your house, Adam? Yeah. Like, was I it mean, this year? Like, that year's almost it, over. It's not, um, it's not, not important. Um, Thank you for joining us, Jesse. It was yes. very lovely to talking to yes. you and very informative. Please, and thank you for answering all, all the parts questions. where I just sound horrible and capitalistic and salesy. Um, <laughs> well, and then we'll only have a five-minute like episode, and we can't. We need at least uh, ten just, minutes. So yeah. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you were great. You were great. Thank you. All right. So yes, again, everyone. Um, I'm here with Jesse Rushing, our special guest, with Matlock Zemsteg, and myself, Adam Aragon. We are the Podcast Wreckers. You can find us online at Podcast records.com uh, you can find us on facebook under the same name um, and you can also find us by making your own damn website and calling it that and see make if sure that works to check out jesse rushing's website which is polythings.com just thank you for correcting now we got it out three times and oh yeah visit the podcast records visit justpolythings.com and Go have fun with yourself in the weather. Good night. Thank you for joining us. All right. Thank you.